It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I remind you to remember the context. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday, barreling towards the NBA draft, headed towards the end of the week. And we have got a lot to do today. Of course, we'll get to the Hawks and their options as well. Who buys dinner? And the one thing Atlanta sports teams need to remember when it comes to sports gambling that they'll never, ever do. We'll do that coming up here in just a moment. Uh, but let's start with you guys following us on Twitter at Locked On ATL. And I'm at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Atlanta Hawks will draft tonight, uh, we think, theoretically, or overall, right now at number 16. And there are more rumors flying around right now than there are about the Kardashians, uh, about the Atlanta Hawks and what they're going to do. And let's just kind of uh, remember a couple of things here. And I talked about this yesterday. I, I do think that right, wrong, or indifferent, as I said yesterday, the Hawks making the Easter Conference Finals was probably the worst thing to happen to them in the big picture. Now there is this pressure. Now there is this rush. Now there is this feeling that they have to get back there as soon as possible, like next year. And while the, the run was fun and it was well-deserved and – uh, all those things, you know, it does change the context a little bit of where they were. Remember, the Hawks hadn't made the playoffs with Trey Young until the first time he got there and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. We talked about the yesterday, just as a reminder, we talked about the trajectory. You're, you're here, you go up here, and then you come back down here. And now everything is going downward unless you could turn it back on and elevate back up to at least the Eastern Conference Finals again. It's a lot of pressure, especially for a team that is right now sixth best in the Eastern Conference, objectively. So there's a lot they need to do to get better, and there's absolutely no guarantee that we know that they can make all the moves necessary to get better. And like I said yesterday, the question is, is whatever you do tonight, is it good enough to get you into the top three in the East? Because that's really what you need to start shooting for. Right, If you can be one of the top three teams in the East, then you have a shot to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, at least definitively get out of the first round. So let's sort of recap where we are with all of the rumors. Um, I'll state this by saying, and I am always going to back a GM who swings big. If Travis Schlenk wants to go for the number four overall pick, go for it. Don't care. Like, I, I, I am all for GMs who want to push their chips to the center of the table and say, I'm going in. Let's see what happens. And I respect GMs who do that because they're putting their job on the line. Not a lot of them have a ton of security where they can turn around and go, it's okay if I swing and miss. I'll be here for the next five years. Nah, that's not always the case. So from that standpoint, you know, I am someone who looks at, the Hawks GM, Travis Schlenk, is say, if he's going to swing big, good for him. I 100% support it, right? There's that. That's number one. 
So if he's going to trade up to four, what you have to give away for it, I mean, will it work out? We don't know. You can have a good feeling about the trade, a bad feeling about the trade. But, again, the context of all this is, is how much better is it going to make you this year? You're not going to be good enough to win a title next year. Without some sort of paradigm shift in this roster, you're not going to be good enough to win a title next year. Are you good enough to win two playoff series and get back to the Eastern Conference Finals? That's really the question of where you want to be. Now, I know GMs don't think like this. And I know owners don't think like that. But in the process world, that's what you have to kind of be aiming for is to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and how do you do it? How do you become the top three? Is there a rookie that can help you do that? Maybe in the top four, who knows? But it's pretty slim. There was a rumor out there, and this one was fun, that the Hawks would trade with the Boston Celtics and send John Collins. And oh, by the way, John Collins is centered around every trade deal. Like, if there were odds on John Collins being in a Hawks uniform next year, uh, it would be a, a, a hundred to one long shot at this point. John Collins is gone, folks. And I don't understand why Hawks fans want him gone. Um, I'm not really sure about that. But, well, I don't know that John Collins necessarily is the best number two. Um, I certainly don't think he's like, you know, a number three or a number four option. Maybe on a team with like KD and Kyrie, he could be a third option. You know, if he's part of a super team with two other superstars, hence why Boston wants to go after him. But Boston isn't going to get him unless they're going to trade Jalen Brown back. Right? If I'm Travis Schlenk, I'm not doing that deal without Jalen Brown. I don't no disrespect to Al Horford. We don't need Al Horford back here. You want to bring him back in because you got rid of Collins and he finished his career here. Nice. I mean, those both bow, bow, bow tie stories and are very nice. Or bow, you know, put a bow on it kind of stories are very nice bow tie stories. Or shout out to D-Led for the bow tie. Um, but, you know, it's not realistic and it doesn't make you a better basketball team. You get Jalen Brown here with Trey Young. I think that's really interesting. Why do I think this is doing? Jalen Brown knows how to play with a superstar. Doesn't have necessarily a problem being the secondary role. Has better shooting than anybody else in the Hawks right now for the most part, and certainly a better defender. So, yeah, Jalen Brown coming back to the Hawks feels good. I like that move. It's aggressive, but I really, really like it. And whatever Travis Schlenks decides to do, you know, I, I think there is a real feeling of uh, that the Hawks are climbing uphill. And that's fine, but like I said, I want you to remember what I said yesterday um, in the sense that they should not be up against these expectations in reality. If they had made the, the, the playoffs and won a playoff series as the five seed and then lost in the second round, and then this year they all the injuries and everything take on a whole different look, you know, the bad defense takes on a little bit of a different look. They win the play-in tournament, get the eight seed, and they get bounced in the first round. You're still on the same path. The context here is that they are still one or two key players away from a roster with Trey Young and John Collins away from being a top three team in the East. If you're going to trade away John Collins, you're now two or three players away from that. And what do you get back from him? And, and I don't think it's the worst idea to reset in a sense or, you know, not a hard reset slash rebuild, but, you know, 
in, in a sense, if you're going to trade to go get another young star, or you've traded into the top four, and somebody that's going to play side-by-side -side with Trey, well, I don't think that's the worst idea either. It's going to regress you in year one of the whole thing, yeah, but Trey's not going anywhere. Uh, and then you can start to build with younger, cheaper talent like that, older pieces around because that's the other part of this whole equation that everybody's forgetting. Resetting the salary cap for the Hawks is part of this whole process. And why is everybody leaving that out? I don't know. It's like everybody just wants to forget the fact that that's part of this whole thing. So if they trade a $125 million contract for a rookie deal, what I mean is they trade John Collins away and just get a draft pick in return, guess what? That makes the Hawks a lot more viable and, and flexible from a salary cap standpoint future. That's all the context of tonight. All right, coming up next, uh, you know, dinners can get expensive nowadays. And, well, if you aren't the one paying, you really don't care what it costs, do you? I'll explain next. Here on A to Z, on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you check out all the great shows on our Locked On Sports Atlanta network. A to Z, of course, hitting hard with John Junkery, ATL Day Ones. Don't forget about our Braves postcast. And, of course, Locked On Falcons and Locked On Hawks, which I'm sure Brad Rome will have plenty of reaction to the NBA draft. So make sure you check out Locked On Hawks tomorrow uh, as well as A to Z. Uh, for reaction to the NBA draft. And speaking of reaction, there has been a reaction and a sort of overreaction, what I feel is in the wrong manner, um, to what we're seeing going on right now with uh, rookie NFL dinners. Uh, the Jets' new wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, was shocked to learn that he would have to spend around $75,000 on former teammates uh, to take them out to dinner. And so this whole thing has sort of exploded into the social media world. Um, and there is a misperception and a misconception, one, about how much uh, money rookies actually make and how much they actually get and everything like that. And then two, um, the idea that forcing somebody to do something that they don't want to do is a form of bonding. Uh, and, and I will dive into my experience here as best I can. And sort of related because there are people, and I've heard this throughout Atlanta sports media who are like, Oh, well, we're, we're, of course we're getting soft and we're getting too sensitive. And while I agree, there is a component of softness and sensitivity to this. 
there's a way you go about executing this um, that is fair and equitable and not punishment. Uh, you can't force people to have camaraderie. That's not the way it works. Like not everybody is made up that way. And I learned this more than anything from my background in the military. I learned this more than anything from my my years of experience of being around a wide variety of people and sort of uh, being a leader of them and and making them do things they might not necessarily want to do but things that they have to do. Sure, I can order anybody to do what I want because I'm a higher ranking officer than they are. I can order anybody to do what I want them to do because well, hey, you know, I, I am the one who's in charge, but that's not the reality of what is going on in the NFL. Forcing a young man to pay $50,000, $75,000 for dinner doesn't force them to be a better teammate. It doesn't make them be a better teammate. It doesn't make them work harder. It doesn't make them run routes any better. It doesn't make them catch any more balls. It doesn't do anything other than exert the, the notion that I am better than you because I've been here longer. Um, it's it's flawed. It's stupid. This has nothing to do with sensitivity. The idea of hazing somebody into anything is outdated. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. I'm not saying there are places that don't call for it. I'm saying in this particular scenario, it's stupid and it's dumb. Uh, there were there were years ago in the military where you were able to do certain things that you can no longer do. Uh, and And I can go back to my very first platoon sergeant. We'll just call him Staff Sergeant Joe. And I'll never forget for as long as I live, Staff Sergeant Joe was upset at another sergeant, and he took him into a room and walked me in there with him, proceeded to push him so hard against the wall, walked up to him, grabbed him by the collar, and got nose to nose with him and screamed at him and basically headbutted. Nobody batted an eye. This was over 20 years ago. Nobody batted an eye at any of this because, well, it wasn't a big deal back then. You do that now, you're going to thrown out of the military. Why? Because it's just not the way we do things anymore. And instead of complaining about it being sissy and wussy and sensitive and everything else find a better way to do it and you know what the easiest thing to do if you want the rookie to pay just ask him hey man look this has been a this has been a tradition this is what we've always done uh everybody here does it you know we've gone through the nfl i had to do it we, we asked the rookies to buy everybody dinner as as just sort of a uh a welcoming and a thank you or whatever are you comfortable with doing that and if he says no fine he says no if you want to look at them sideways because they say no to that, because they are somebody who um, doesn't feel comfortable doing that, then that's your prerogative to look at them sideways. But do, do you look at them any better? Do you look at them any better when they when they are forced to do it and and look at you sideways for it? I mean, what 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 are we doing here? Like, I'm not sure that there's anything about this that's wussification or, or sensitivity or anything else. It's it's a practice that has just become outdated and you don't do it anymore. It, it's just like fashion, man. Sometimes things get outdated. You don't wear them anymore and you move on. Sure, people can wear them and sure, people can have a response to wear them. They can like wearing them, but at the end of the day, most people aren't choosing to wear it anymore. And that's okay. And former NFL wide receiver Torrey Smith came out and, and voiced the same thing and said when he was with the Ravens and drafted by them that Anquan Bolden um, didn't force him to do it and taught him about money management and everything else. There, there's one way to go about it. If everybody is openly accepting of it and nobody has an issue with it, that's completely different. Assuming everybody is openly accepting of it and doesn't have an issue with it is flawed. And it's not what you should do. It's not what leaders do. It's not what what uh, what people do. And it's not the right answer. Plain and simple. So I uh, I, I watch people react to this and I, and I sort of just scratch my head. 
you know, I, I say it routinely, adapt or die. Like if you're not going to change with the times and you're not going to flex to what the rest of going, the rest of the world is doing and what's going on right now, you're going to be the one who's going to end up paying the price for it. Not everybody else who flexed. And, and if you don't like the way the world flexed, that's your prerogative too. But unfortunately, there's 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 a social construct with which we all have to live in. Uh, and if you don't like that, well, you're going to be on the outside. Don't give me the woke stuff. You guys know me by now. It's not any of that crap at all. This has nothing to do with woke. Or it has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with just human decency. And it's that simple. And no one's getting, no one's in danger. You're not putting anybody's life in jeopardy because of this. So that's not even part of the equation. It's not like hazing uh, at the uh, the HBCU band thing that, you know, that used to go on and how bad that was. I mean, it's none of that stuff. That doesn't make it right. And you can choose to do camaraderie in many other ways other than forcing somebody to drop, you know, a Mercedes Benz on a meal. You know, like that's just, there are other ways to go and execute camaraderie. And, and there are better ways to go about doing it. So change your thinking, change your mindset, and you'll get better results. All right, coming up next, the one thing Atlanta sports teams won't do that they absolutely have to do if they'd like to get sports gambling here in the state of Georgia. That's next here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Of course, make sure you guys get right back here tomorrow for some NBA and Hawks draft reaction. Uh, we'll have it all right here, both on A to Z and Locked On Hawks, right here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. All right, we're going to step into a world that I am uh, well-versed in, and some would dare even call me an expert in, but that is the field of sports gambling and sports betting. And, and a column comes out in the AJC today from Tim Tucker, and the headline is, Atlanta teams frustrated but continue to support legal betting. Um, and this was uh, a couple of years ago that the Braves, Falcons, and Hawks all teamed up together to make a push for online and mobile sports betting in Georgia. And since then, we've had exactly zero movement in getting sports betting legalized here in Georgia. Um, and just for some sort of background context here, a bill was put forth in the Georgia State Senate, and it passed, and it went to the House. And it never even got voted on during the 2020, 2021 state legislature. Um, COVID years are messing me up. During the 2021 state legislative session that happens every January. This past one, it never even got on the floor during the last legislative session. Never even made it to, to a discussion. Why? Because it's an election year. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. Now, I have uh, met with Brian Kemp and spoken with him on this topic um, on legalizing sports gambling. And his stance has always been the same, which is, hey, if the people want it and the legislature passes it, I'll sign it. He's always taken that position. Uh, the translation of that position is, I don't want legalized sports betting here, so I'm never going to push for it. That's the translation. Because in reality, when you have and have had since 2018 a Republican governor and a fully Republican state Senate and state House that would easily pass this thing, it would be passed already and voted on. It hasn't because 
The big dog in the state, the governor, has not pushed for it. He's left it up to the legislature to fight. And there is some political stuff in there back and forth, but there are even some Republicans who are against it. And I'm not turning this into a political conversation. I just want you to understand the background here of what's going on uh, and understand the reality of the situation. So that's where we are. And obviously with this being an election year, it's it, it's never going to be brought up. It's it's not the right time for anybody to try to pass it. Um, and every state that has legalized sports betting get, benefits from it. They just do. It's just a fact of the matter at this point. You can't deny it. Now, personally, I'll say, and sorry if this offends you, Georgians, but all of you Bible-thumping, Christian, archaic, draconian, moronic people uh, who think that somehow gambling is evil and it's going to bring down society, you're just laughable. And you're flat out wrong. I mean, the idea that right now here in this state, we can legally walk around armed to the teeth with any weapon that you choose. Um, you, you can, you, we can smoke marijuana, we can kill unborn babies, but yet somehow me placing a wager on the Georgia game, Georgia game is going to bring the downfall of society is a laughable premise. So anybody who's still hanging on to the, 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 the negative impact of gambling, you're just, you're hanging on to something that's not there. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and, and so I say all this to give you the context of what's going on with legalized sports betting here. And you see the frustration from these teams. Here's the easiest way for them to get this passed, right? This is the absolute easiest way to do it. And if it had been done already, then it, uh, it, it, it would have already passed. Unfortunately, you have two divergent um, organizations politically vying for this, right? It's no secret that the Braves lean to the right. And they always have. It is no secret that Arthur Blank and the Falcons lean to the left, and they always have. If either of these organizations really wanted this done, all it takes is a substantial contribution to a campaign fund from them, and it would push forward because that's how campaign donations work. I'm going to give you X number of dollars, and you're going to get this bill pushed through your state legislature for us. But yet, if the Braves were to make the donation to Brian Kemp, I'm sure that keeping him in office politically doesn't align with who the Falcons would want to vote for. And I'm making a lot of supposition here. I totally understand that. And it simply is the lay of the land. And so when this political ele election comes through, if Stacey Abrams wins and the Falcons want to make a donation, I'm sure that wouldn't exactly be politically aligned with what the Braves want. So you have this crossroads here, but the bottom line is, is that if these teams were to pitch in and make a donation to whoever's ever in charge to pass this through, it gets passed. They don't want to do that. And I understand why they don't want to do that because they don't want to alienate half their fan base. Either one of them doesn't want to do that. So if you're don't alienate half your fan base and you 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 have this problem here that you can't solve, that you're waiting on the legislature to do it. And oh, by the way, Stacey Abrams is not for legalized gambling either. So your your two biggest uh, driving forces here, Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams, whoever wins the gubernatorial election this November, are the only ones we're going to get this thing passed. And as it stands, Georgia, you're going to be the last dog at the bowl to legalize sports gambling. And I'll say it out loud because I've said it before and I'll say it again. You'll continue to lose my money to other means of gambling instead of putting it right back here in Georgia. All right, that'll wrap things up for us here on A to Z. Back tomorrow... 
for a recap of the Hawks draft and more. Make sure you guys give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.